Hey, this is Dr. Cree. I am a board-certified family medicine physician, and I'm the owner of Brownstone Healthcare, where our mission is to take care of the everyday person who's overwhelmed and overworked and looking to live a healthy, happy, and whole life. We have a direct primary care service where you can pay $70 a month to have all access to meet your physician, have discounted labs, and imaging if needed. So you'd pay the $70 a month, no matter if you're insured, underinsured, or have no insurance at all. Call us at 205-202-5650 or go ahead on the roll today at www.brownstonehealthcare.com. Well, he's, he's, he's doing his job. Doing uh, let him, let him, yeah, let him, let him go. Let him go, Iba. I'm just saying, like... It's hard for me to say Iba, but I'm going to say it. Bullshit. <laughs> That's bullshit. <laughs> when everybody was calling me pie, this motherfucker... Always call me Alpha. Always, <laughs> always, uh-uh, don't even try it. Don't even try it. <laughs> Antonio Langham, born July 31st. 1972 is an American former college and professional football player who was a cornerback in the National Football League for seven seasons. He played college football for the University of Alabama and was recognized as an All-American. Selected by the Cleveland Browns in the first round of the 1994 NFL Draft, Langham also played professionally for the Baltimore Ravens, San Francisco 49ers, and New England Patriots of the NFL. Antonio Langham, tell me a joke. (laughs) (laughs) Here we go. Here we go. Tell you a joke. Tell me a joke. I don't tell jokes. I'm just a jokester. I just, I just, I just joke around. I'm not a joke teller, but I'm just a, I'm just a jokester. Now, uh, I got a good story. Yeah. All right. You want to hear? Here you go. Here you go. I had the opportunity. I have it. I'm uh, in Cleveland with me. <laughs> Wasn't that a fun time? <laughs> we gonna get to that. Hey, hold. <laughs> seriously though, how he ended up in Cleveland, I don't know. But he was in Cleveland, <laughs> and he was living there. And when I talked to him, he told me that. And after that, I noticed we started hanging out, and it was me. Iva, Charles Oakley, all of us. I don't know how it happened, but it's, you know. It's bad. You are jumping all ahead. Okay. My <laughs> that bad. Was, that, right, and you stole my favorite. I was going to ask you later down the line, your face, your first fondest or some memory. That's the one you picked. That's the same one I picked. Let me tell you. Um, this is, and you've heard, I think you've heard me say this before. Um, like I'm a real live motherfucking fan of my friends. 
You know what I'm saying? Like right, like when you the game you talking about, I was sitting in the end zone that he ran into. You know what I'm saying? Like yeah. I I've lived it right, and you know nothing. And I'm talking about his family is my family. My family is his family. But nothing, 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 nothing was more fun than when I was in Cleveland. Do you still have that Benz? No, uh uh-uh. I saw that Benz. Oh, that was the. Oh, I used to love that car. Man, he would come get me or meet me, and we would tear. The city up. Do you hear me? Oh man, tell him about. It. I'm serious. Like people sleep on Cleveland, man. Cleveland off the chain. Man, we was all over Cleveland, man. We was all over Cleveland. <laughs> but before, hey, look, Eric. Before oh, I get it, before go. I get into this story, I got go. something funny you you really want to hear. Okay, and the people would love to hear. What you got? So we in Tuscaloosa one time. Eight a. I think it was eight a weekend one year, and we all hanging out. He's there. This is before my brother, Kerry Gould, came down with ALS. He loves messing with Kerry. I don't know why he loves picking and joking with Kerry. Always does, man. So this particular day, it was, I think it was after the 8 game, we were all hanging out, and we were over by Will Hagen's parking lot, mm-hmm. the little spot Will Hagen's. Mm-hmm. We were over there hanging out. And they had, they were having like a band and all that over in Will Hagen's parking lot. I don't think it's Will Hagen's anymore, but it was then. And he is messing with Kerry <laughs> all day long. I'm talking about, I don't even pick with Kerry that long. After a while, I knew there was, I leave Kerry alone. When I, I know growing up with him, once Kerry starts sweating on the tip of his nose, it's time to leave him alone. But for, for some reason, this particular day... I didn't pick up the signs on sweating on the tip of his nose. So he just keeps coming over there messing with Kerry. So, so he finally says, Kerry says, I'm going to get it back. Keep on playing with me. i get it back. And Kerry walks over there, and he is drinking a beer. And he has and he's drinking a beer. And he <laughs> he oblivious to the fact that Kerry really about to get it back. Kerry walks over there and puts his arm around him. And start talking to him like he just really just holding the conversation, and he going along right along with the with the with the conversation. Kerry all of a sudden lifts his hand up, it takes the beer can and smashes it on top. Of it. <laughs> <laughs> that is a hey, true story, no, dog. Hey, hey, and beer is running down out of the can, and then uh, he looks around. Hey, hey. Pi looks around at everybody. He says, "I ain't man, I'm gone." <laughs> that is a true story. I did, man. I looked. I said, "Oh I man!" Him, I said, "In my mind, I'm like, you've been messing with Carrie all <laughs> day long." And let's see, that's Carrie name, Carrie D'Angelo Goo. And you've been messing with Kerry all day long, just picking with him, poking at him. In my mind, I'm like, you know, at some point. Kerry is one of those that at some point he gonna find out how to get you back. It may not, it may not be, it may not be right then, but at some point he gonna find a way. And man, he just smooth, he smooth played it. Man, he just walked over there, to, walked over there to the pie, put his arm around him. Like he was just really chopping it up with him. 
And you know he going right along with it, man. So what, you, what we talking about, D'Angelo? Where we going next, man? He like, man, where you want to go? I don't know. Blah blah blah. Blah. It was like a pin drop, and then everybody exploded laughing, bro. I'm talking about, oh man, that 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 was a good one. That was a good one. But to tell you how. Um, when I met, I was walking down the street and Greg Gilbert just pulled up on me and was like, get in the car. Sound about right. Yeah. Sound <laughs> about right. And took me straight to Carrie. That, that is how I met your family. Like I was, I had, I had not, I might have, um, Checked in the dorm. You know what I'm saying? Like, I was fresh first or second day in Tuscaloosa. I hadn't even gone to uh, any practice, walk on, nothing. Kane got me. He takes you straight to care. Straight to care. Why? Wow, <laughs> I have no idea. So and I, then I, I'm they a... took me straight to DT. And then, so you went, Gip took you straight to care. Carrie took you straight to DT, and then DT took you straight to Angelo. So you now you're dealing with DT, Carrie, and Angelo Stafford at the same time. Yes, sir. Oh, you was going through initiation, and you didn't even know it. <laughs> oh, I knew it. I finally, yeah, yeah. And, now, and by the time I finally saw um, um, Bobby and uh, Ulysses, I was already with them. And they was like, what the fuck you doing with them? Yeah, <laughs> and yeah, I'm yeah. telling you, it was it was off the chain. But. Right, it was too late. Bobby wasn't gonna, at that point you was with you was with DT Carey, KG Angelo. Yes. Uh, Bobby wasn't about to step in the middle of that. Neither was <laughs> you listen. That was you was on your own at that point. I was on my own. I was on my own. But um I tell you, how first of all, how is Carey? I'm I think I messaged him last week, but I always Send him love. He always sending me love. How you doing? Well, <laughs> right now, Carrie is in Destin. The whole family is in Destin. They were on vacation, and <laughs> he's probably on a strapped down on a pontoon boat and living his best his life. life and sending text messages to everybody knowing the man. I, I told. Uh, and why aren't you there? Uh for for reasons that I can't for reasons I'll, that I I'll let that go for reasons that I can't say right now at this very moment um, which will eventually surface but right now I, I can't say it's all good yeah, it's it, all it, good it, 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 when you when you when you finally when you finally find out I'll tell, I promise you when you finally find out you and Eric y'all gonna be like man it happens all the time Langham. That was a sucker move. You gonna say it to me for real? You, you gonna say it to me? Well, I'm gonna remember to hit yeah, you yeah, up there. Yeah, yeah, yeah. You gonna be like, that was a sucker move. You gonna be like, man, you could have told us that. So right no, now, I, you know, one thing, I today is a perfect example. When the camera turns off, everybody bring me in the hall and tell me what's going on, and that's the same thing that happened with uh, uh, Cornell Wesley earlier. But um, the bio told a little bit. But I want you 
to fill in the blanks of your story. Um, I think that it's a, we all know your story, but on the eve, have you been inducted yet? Alabama Sports Hall of Fame? Yeah. Yeah, I went, yeah in, so, I went in 2019, Alabama Sports Hall of Fame. Okay. I'm on the ballot. Um, I'll find out in January or February uh, if I go in uh, for the college football. For the college football yeah, hall of so fame, and so, and so, so I go in the 2024 class. If uh, so, we if I'm already claiming that. that. Oh yeah, I'm yeah, already yeah. claiming that. So, um, as you go in, I would love to have this podcast out there, retelling your story. You, the Goob family, Alabama football. Let's get it. And and I want you to be sure to say in your story, I want you to be sure you say your high school, your church, your pastor, and siblings, family. Tell us your story. Well, actually, um, from Town Creek, Alabama, uh, I, was, I was raised a by my A straight-up speed trap. Yeah, no <laughs> speed trap in Alabama. And the crazy part about it, most of the police officers I either played football with or they played a few years with Pierre and them. So it's, it's crazy that sometimes I'm like Clyde, which is a younger brother who passed away. I just go through speed through there, get them to stop me, just so they could I could I could harass them a little bit or something, and then they'll be laying, they'll be like, "Langham, just you don't have nothing else to do today. Come to Town Creek and mess with us." But when anytime people text me or call me and say, "Man, I'm getting ready to drive through Town Creek," I said, "Slow down." I said, "Slow down." Slow down. I said, because I can't call my uncle Aaron Goo because he ain't gonna, he not gonna help you with the ticket now. So that's the last thing he'll do, man. But from Town Creek, Alabama. Uh, I grew up. I grew. I was raised by my grandmother uh, until I was twelve. Uh, right across the street. Uh, I wouldn't even cross the street. It was like five yards in between. One little road runs between us. And my my house here. And all the goos right there. So it was like. I don't even call it a street. I just you just five <laughs> steps. You in the yard. Over right. There. So. Uh, you know, I grew up across from them. Um, my mom, my mom was young when she when she had me. My mom was sixteen when she had me, and then my two sisters came along, and um, and then it, it, it's crazy. You, you grow up in that country life, and you find stuff later on in life. And I found out that I get to college, and then my second year of college, I find out that I went to I started kindergarten with a, with a young lady, graduated high school with. Her. And my, my dad's mom gets nervous because I come home one weekend from school and I'm like, I need to go up and see her before I, you know, before I just hit the streets. And my grandmother said, I need you to sit down right here. <laughs> so she had no clue why I was going up. I don't know if she would think I was trying to have something with her or nothing. But yeah. she said, uh, baby, I need to talk to you before you go up there. I said, okay. I sit down. <laughs> she said, baby, you don't, you don't like that girl like that, do you? You ain't trying to date her or nothing or nothing. Messing around with I said, no, Grandma, she just always fuss. And when I come home, I never, I go see all my other classmates, or I never go come and see her, so I'm just going to say hello. I said, so what are you trying to get at? She said, 
baby, that's your sister. <laughs> like, I'm like, nah. No. I'm like, I done went to high school with her all my life and yeah. graduated from high school. And you, now you're just not telling me this is my sister. But I couldn't be mad at my pop. See, I couldn't ask him about it. You know, my, my dad, he, he passed away at the age of 21 from complications from a car accident. So it, it was like, I couldn't, man. But I did, I, did a, I did a podcast about a year ago with um, Joey Kent. Uh, from ten, from from Huntsville and went to Tennessee. Uh-huh. Uh, Kevin Dyson uh-huh. played in the league, and uh, man, we uh, we were talking, and I kind of told this story, man. And, and and Joey Kent was like, Langham, he says, as much as I've been around you, man, I would have never known that. I would have never known this about you. I would have never known your story like this, man. And and at that point, I, I felt like my story kind of needed to be told because I I understand I hear I hear young men and women all the time like well my mom was never there or my dad was never there so this then but I tell it now because my thing is this my dad was never there it was it, it wasn't by choice I mean you know God had called him home so it wasn't his choice to be gone my mom was young that's understandable by 21 22 you already had three kids you didn't miss your teenage years so she wanted to experience life a little bit, so it was understandable. Mm-hmm. Now I I could have taken that route and said, "Man, I ain't much going on," and then just not even not even felt that or, or believed that I I could I could make it or be successful in life. So I I mean I tell my story now because I need young men and women to understand. Just because one parent is missing or both parents is missing does not give you. A reason to say I can't succeed in a million years if I looked at it that way I would have never seen myself accomplishing as much as I did I tell this story to people sometimes and they be like looking at me like man how did you manage to do all that how did you manage to keep it together and and it's more it's way more to the story that I could tell way more that I experienced in life that wasn't positive I could have taken it and I could have just used it as a as a crutch. And I did anything, man. But what kept me going was the day my grandmother was on her, on her deathbed, the, the last night she, she had a final breath, she asked for me to come in the room. She was in the hospital. She asked everybody to leave. i never forget these words. She said, baby, me and, she said, me and God already had a conversation. He told me, don't worry about you. You're going to be all right. You're going to make it. But I'm telling you, she says, when you do, don't you ever go through life like you better than nobody. She said, you treat everybody the same way you want to be treated. Don't ever think you're bigger than anybody because the day you start feeling that way is the same day that you start thinking you're bigger than people. It'd be the same people you see when you're coming back down. So that's why today, man, when I'm, I'm asked all the time, people like, man, do you ever have a bad day? You're always smiling. I'm like, yeah, I have bad days, but if you know my story at all that I went through, if I if I didn't smile and laugh, I, I may be somewhere in a mental hospital or somewhere, man. So, man, I, I that's why I tell people, man, God has really, really protected me, been good to me, man, and blessed me. So, you know, that's just a little bit of the story. When 2024 happened, I tell you the rest of the story. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I'll take that little bit of it. Um, man, but I, I, I don't mean to interrupt you, but mm-hmm. I will say this. It, it, it was trying times because it was understandable 
you know, I had I had Clyde and Bernie, I called Mom Goo, Pop Goo, I called them Pops, and they had a house full already. And I, I moved to Huntsville for a few years with my mom, but the situation just wasn't working out. That's why, man, a lot of times, man, when I hear Ray Lewis' story, when he says he and his mom then packed up and, and moved, and he said, Mom, I can't. I got to go back to Florida. I got to go. He said, man, my mom gave me $25 in the bus ticket. She said, that's all I got. That's all I have. I, I, I kind of relate to that because I lived in Huntsville. But the situation with me was not conducive for me or what I or what I or what I wanted or what I was used to. And I and I and I stayed sick a lot because I just I I, I didn't I couldn't I couldn't function in Huntsville. I wanted to be back in Town Creek around my family, around my friends and go to Hazelwood when my dad went to school. So I I mean I stayed I stayed sick a lot. And then my mom she finally she took me to the hospital one night. The doctor said the child has ulcers real bad. He said if you don't get him back somewhere where he's gonna be happy, you're gonna lose him. And I never forget, I was wow. in the hospital bed, and I heard the doctor tell my mom. When we left there, my mom called, and she called she called her sister, Bernal, Clyde, Chris, and Kerry, all the good brothers, their mom, my mom's sister, she called her, and she said, this is what's going on. She said, I want to keep him, but I don't want to lose him. So they agreed, and, I, and they had somebody come and get me. I got back to Town Creek, and I started living there, man, and it was like, when I got back, it's like everything changed. But it was good because it was understood because they, they let us know. All of us in the house know. Chris, Kerry, Pierre, Clyde, Valerie, all of us. We don't have the kind of money we need. Y'all we y'all would like for us to have to pay for y'all to go to school. So if y'all want to go to school, y'all better find out a way to do it. Either get academic scholarships or athletic scholarships. My grandmother, she has said a little. I didn't know it. Until later on in life, as she worked at TVA, uh, Browns Ferry Nuclear Plant over at TVA over in Florence, and then mm-hmm. she had put a lot of money aside. Well, I won't say a lot of money. She was just saving money for me to go to school in case I didn't get a scholarship. But I knew, just hearing it in the house, I knew if you weren't out here, you want you want for the education, you got to go do it. And man, look, Chris was very integral part of my life. Pierre was a very integral part of my life. Clyde was too. But that Carrie, Carrie turned that thing up a notch on me. <laughs> I'll yeah. be honest. Carrie turned it up a notch on me. Now, I was in high school and Carrie would call me every Friday and make a bet with me on who was going to have the most touchdowns. Okay? And so I'm out here and then we, we're battling. And he'll call, how many touchdowns you had today? I'm like, man, I ain't have a one. Like, all right, I won that bet, you know. <laughs> but, I, like, but he was like, but understand this, I'm not making this bet with you for you to go out there and go away from the whole game plan. You're just trying to get yours because you're trying to beat me. Play play team football. If it happens, it happens. And then, I, I mean, he comes home for one summer and – it's hot like it is out there now. Um, I'm under the air conditioning, kicked back in the recliner chair and watching. T- he got workout clothes on, headed to the football field to work out. I'm sitting there, so he looks at me. He says, so this is what you do with your life all summer? I said, well, yeah, man, football don't start for another month. So <laughs> right. man, I'm chilling. It's hot. He says, so which one you want to be? You want to be average, good, or great? He said, you can stay right there. 
or in every kind of chair and be average. Every now and then you can get outside and do something and be good. But if you really want to be great one day, then you'll get up out of that chair, put your shoes on, your clothes on, and you go work out with me. <laughs> me, teenager, I'm like, well, I'm just going <laughs> to be good, hey, man. Hey, no, I'm just going to be <laughs> I'm just going to be average because I'm not going out there in this heat. <laughs> man, he got to the door, and then he stopped. And he just looked at me again. So I said, all right, just get up, put you some workout clothes on, and go out there. And, man, we went for this two-mile jog, and after we did that, we went out on the football field, and we did all this work. And then I guess it was just still bothering him. He just said, look, pack you some clothes, and we're going to go to the field house, get your helmet and your shoulder pad. So I'm going to take you to Tuscaloosa with me. You come stay with me for a week in Tuscaloosa. He took me to Tuscaloosa, man. He ended up getting me in a football camp at, uh, at Bama. It's at the time when Coach Curry was coaching, but he had Tommy Bowden was the, uh, Tommy Bowden was the receiver coach. Mm-hmm. Man, I go to this camp. I think Coach Kristoff was there. He was a DB coach or something, man. I was, I was at this camp. We just going. We, we working out in it. We doing it all, man, and then. All of a sudden, Coach Bowden is like, man, I like you. It was another guy from Marengo County named Chris Doge. He said, man, I like y'all too. He said, I'm going to teach y'all some of the routes that I teach my guys here to run. I'm like, for real? I'm like, dog, he's going to teach us. We're going to get to run double moves, all this stuff. So, man, we was out here doing all this work. I got back to Town Creek. Ball game. Ball game. Hello, I'm Greg Ramsey a board-certified family nurse practitioner and owner of Premier Healthcare Solutions. At Premier, we provide a full-scale primary care and preventative healthcare services across the lifespan for adult men and women in a concierge fashion. We pride ourselves on transparency and unlimited access to our patients without the hassle of long wait times and hasty visits. Think of us as having your own medical provider on speed dial for any of your healthcare needs. For more information regarding our practice, please call 205-502-7241 or book an appointment online at premierhealth-care.com. I said, dog, I'm going to college somewhere. Whole demeanor change, man. So, hey, I, I guess a slew of us came out of Town Creek that were great athletes. That and shit I'm gave like, me a few goosebumps, uh, yeah. my nigga. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, yeah. yeah, yeah. So, man, it, it's it's like I tell people all the time I wouldn't trade Town Creek for nothing, man. And as it relates to Town Creek, um, all of your – I'm trying to find the right words to say this, but wasn't no – even during the time we came up, we knew it was color lines, but it wasn't no color lines. Right, right. And I don't know if that had to do with athletics or if it just that's just how it is in in Alabama. Somebody told me one time in the Upper East Coast, you have white people who will never interact with black folk other than the servant class. But they are culture vultures. Do you hear me? Right. They can tell you every Biggie song, every Tupac lyric. Down here, white folk can't stand that bullshit. But it's more likely that 
they got a best friend that's black and white. You know what I'm saying? Right. And I I grew up like that. I saw it. But man, when I came to Town Creek, it's just crazy. Like you think you in a little country town, and so you gonna get this kind of smoke and flavor. Truth be told, man, the people in Town Creek, some of the nicest, most genuine people. It I came there two times and looking for the house. And they're like, you looking for the goose house, ain't you? <laughs> told me how to get there. I mean, so what has that done for you throughout your life? You know, I was at a I was at a awards banquet in uh Connecticut, the Walter Camp All American deal. And um good friend of mine, he was he had made he made the team around the time that I did. He was a corner out of out of Wake out of Wake Forest. I gotta I got I gotta thank his name, man. Love him to death, man. And we were he he was given an award, man, and he and he spoke. They just asked him to say a few words. And he said something, man, that was just so profound, man, that it made so much sense. He said, a lot of the times I wish life would imitate sports. And he said, I'm saying that because when you're playing sports, you don't you don't see black and you don't see white. He said, what you have is a bunch of guys on one side that's wearing one color competing against another side that has another color on. And that guy that's on your side with that same color on, you have on, he don't see you as black and he don't see you as white. He just see you as the same guy with the same color jersey he has on fighting the same job. And, man, it was like we all was sitting there, man, and guy was like, man, that, 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 was, that was pretty deep. Because if you do look at it, you may have sports where, yeah, you may have some racism, and, but you'll never see it from these guys because – once you step on that field together and you got on the same jersey, all you wearing is the same color. That's all that matters is that they got this lined up beside me with the same color jersey on. We're going in the same battle together and we're fighting for the same cause. And it, and it made so much sense, man. And and, and that's, that's what I love about Town Creek, man. Yeah, it was. we still had some little small areas in, 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 in Town Creek and Lawrence County up there that was, was like that, but... Every time we put that purple and gold on the same uniform on, it it, it didn't matter. We were fighting for the same cause. We didn't we didn't see black. We didn't see white. You go to Hazelwood. You would go to Hazelwood football games. You would see blacks mixed in with the whites. You would see them, and it, and it was it was the same. They were cheering for the same cause. We get up the next morning. We go to the convenience stores down there. White guy sitting down there, black guy sitting out, sitting on the bench at the same gas station, mm-hmm. and they're going to tell you everything you did right and everything you <laughs> did wrong. <laughs> yeah. And they're going to agree with each other. And I was like, I was like, okay. And, 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 and that's how I don't know if we'll ever be able to get the world to the point where we could get life to imitate sports, but if we ever could, it, it, it'll, it'll be a beautiful sight. It'll be an amazing thing, man. What's Bama going to do this year? 
Well, Nick Nick's mentality is different. He don't he, he, he doesn't accept losing too well. So <laughs> yeah, in his mind, I'm, I'm I'm out I'm out for vengeance. I'm out to revenge everything that happened. But you're dealing with a you know you're dealing with a new I I won't even say a new generation. You're dealing, you're, you're dealing with a new situation with the NIL and the transfer portal. You're dealing with a whole new entity entity now, man. Nobody now. If I was just to say, if I was really trying to get into podcasting or something, I may walk in here and see what y'all have set up, and I would say. This infrastructure today right here sold me on doing podcasts. But it's not like that anymore. The imp- Everybody used to put their monies into their programs, athletic departments, to sell the infrastructure to the kids. These young men and women don't care nothing about infrastructure no more. If you're not telling me how I can get to the bag. Right now. Right now. I don't want it. How can you be coming out of high school and asking for millions of dollars in NIL money and you haven't done nothing. Ain't played a down. As what Coach I would say, hey, man, ain't pissed a drop. Ain't pissed a drop. <laughs> and my high school coach you said all the time, you want something, you ain't pissed a drop. How can you ask for money like that? You haven't you haven't done anything to earn it. But you want it. As Coach, as coach Saban say a lot of times, man, everybody want to be the beast. But nobody wants to do what the beast, had, what the beast does. Right. But you want to get paid because you come on campus and you see everybody pushing the scat packs and the Hellcats and the track hawks and the whatever else they pushing. It's all fine and dandy until you hit that field and that catch has already been there one or two years looking at you walking in and he telling you, oh, you want this by homeboy? <laughs> Either number one, you're going to take it, or you two, you're going to wait. So I ain't budging. I ain't just giving it up to you like that. So if you want it, you better fight for it because I'm fighting. This Alabama. And then the moment, and the moment it's not happening that way, well, they, didn't, they didn't stick to what they told me. No. They stuck to what they told you. <laughs> right. You just didn't like what they told you, and now you're ready to run. Because what they told you was, we got some guys in front of you. But we're not biased. If you come in and you beat them out, that's right. It's your job. But if you don't come in and beat them out, you're just gonna be waiting. And they don't understand and what they don't, that, the, the difference that that one or two years makes. They don't want. They don't want to compete for nothing. They don't know how to compete for nothing no more. They don't understand. Yeah, in high school, I was the man. Yeah, I was the man in high school. But now I'm going to Alabama. Everybody a, was the man. man. I got 110 five stars out there. Five yeah. four stars, man. You think these guys about to just bow down and give it to you because you the new dude coming on the block? No, nah, baby, you want this one, baby. You, I'm almost like Prime. Now you want this, baby. You got to get this, baby. You got to take this from me, baby. You better bring your bag with yeah. you. You want this, man. And, and these cats, man, they don't, they don't know how to be at the bottom and fight their way to the top no more, man. Yeah. If it don't look good, if it don't sound good, if it don't feel good, I don't want it. So, mom, I'm ready to go. And then what drives me crazy is then they get in the transfer portal. Then they go places where they know they can get on the field right now. But why? What brings the best out of you? Competition. Right. You, 
if you get another podcast to come in that's challenging you, competition going to make you and Eric step y'all game up. If y'all built for it, if you're all about it, if you're all in on it, competition going to oh, this is how they operating over here? Okay, let's step it up some. They don't step it up no more, man. They just want it, and they want it right now. And if it don't happen right now, let me get on. But see, the problem is parents are letting them do it, and, they, and they're agreeing to it. When we left Town Creek, Mom Pop Goo told us this. No more beds here for you. <laughs> right. You come visit. You come here for the weekend. But don't call us talking about you, you leaving school, you quitting school, and you coming back in. We don't do that. Once you commit to something, you committed to it. You see it out. And they don't do it now, man. They, man, I wanted five million. They wouldn't give it to me, so I wouldn't sign with them. Really? How you, you earn five million? Eighteen years old. How you earn five million? Right. And furthermore, baby, that money they 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 give you five million dollars. And I'm just exaggerating the number. Mm-hmm. You don't get that money. It's all performance based. If all three of us was the CEO of one company, and we gave a guy an NIL deal. Hey, baby, you on our roster as long as you producing. <laughs> right. As long as you producing, people are going to be following you. As long as they follow you, they're going to see our product. But the moment your, your the moment your performance goes down, my contract says I can pull that from you anytime I feel like it. So Same way lose, as if you transfer. Yeah, so if you lose your job, you, you don't have that NIL deal no more, baby. Let me, hey, uh, hey, man, I enjoyed it, man. Let me get that right there. <laughs> right. right there. Hand it to me. Let me go. Let me. Because let me I got on. another kid yeah, coming in. Right here. Now, let me go ahead. And, here you go, my man. Keep doing what you're doing. Keep advertising for it. They don't get it, man. Yeah. They don't get it. It's like they walk through the door. What can you get me? You get parents. Don't let. What are we talking about? What you mean, what are we talking about? That's why I like the fact now, the way Coach Steven does, all right, you come to school, give me a year. And you show me you worth something, we start talking about NIL money. But we ain't not going to start talking about NIL money before you ever get through the door. Because you hadn't done nothing for me to give you no NIL money. What you did in high school is in high school, now you about to go to a, a whole other beast. This beast is way different than that beast you was dealing with in high school. This beast is a real beast. And every week you hit the you hit the field, SEC football, you dealing with a real deal every week. Can you handle that pressure? Man, so, you know, I, every time we get on NIL and transfer portal, that works my blood, get my blood boiling. Because I, I, I just could have never imagined me running away from a situation because nobody lived up to what they told me. No. If I lived up to what they saw, then they would give me what I wanted. See, that what kids don't realize. Live up to what I saw when I came to scout you recruit you then I live up to what you want but I ain't gonna I ain't, I ain't, right. I ain't gonna I ain't gonna pay for chicken shit when I'm really looking for chicken salad you know <laughs> right, what I'm saying right right <laughs> got any shout outs before we get out of here man uh Shay Sam Shay told me to tell you hello man alright Shay told me to tell you hello man um Man, it, it it just my shout out is simple, man. It, it, it's 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 simple, man. It, it, it's to everybody that just just ever ever pulled for me, to everybody that ever ever cheered for me, to everybody that ever cheered that cheered for Alabama, still cheer for Alabama, 
anybody that's ever walked up to me and said hello or had a conversation with me, I just want to say thank you, man. Thank you, man. I in, in, in 11 days, man, June 31st, man, I'll be 51, and people still come up and hug me and talk to me and tell me how much they appreciate me and, and thank me for everything, man. And, I, yeah, I still get some credit about George Teague run down the strip, but I, me, and Teague, <laughs> me and Teague have made a promise to each other that we would start telling the truth about those plays. So <laughs> now when people come up to me, we went, we went, he went in the Hall of Fame. I was there. I was well. And a lot of people coming up, and they started to talk about it. And I said, no, that's your guy right there. Yeah, that's, you know, that's your guy right there. That's your guy right there. So, man, it's it just, it's just, it, that's, that's, that's my thank you, man, because, like I said, I'm 51, man. They could have easily forgotten about me now, man. But just for the love that they still show and, 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 and the thanks and gratitude that they still show me, man, I just I want to I want to show it back and tell them thank you, man. Yes, sir. I'm going to close it out. I just happened to look down at my tattoo. It's from the movie Sandlot. Uh, and it pertains to exactly what you were saying. Something I want to share with you. I'm going to give you a gift today. My tattoo says, heroes get remembered, but legends never die. Roll motherfucking tide. Roll tide, baby. <laughs> Hello, I am Dr. Brandy Bowling your triple board certified pediatrician, adult psychiatrist, and child and adolescent psychiatrist. I am also an ADHD expert, a mommy friend, a school liaison, author of the best-selling book, Shine, Understanding ADHD So Your Child Can Be a Star, and host of the Facebook live stream, Focus On It Friday. You can find me at Dr. Brandy B, that's D-R-B-R-A-N-D-I-B, on all social media platforms. Or you can call my office, which is 205-948-7129. It is my goal that all children and adults will be successful and that they will shine in the classroom and in life. This podcast has been brought to you by Jefferson County Sheriff's Office.